Help I Got a Mac podcast episode number 21. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Help I Got a Mac. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. I'm Chris Biting. And Cliff, it's episode number 21. We're finally allowed to drink alcohol. Well, uh, Chris, I happen to believe that you've had some frosty beverages during the recording of prior episodes. Uh, no comment. <laughs> All righty. So welcome. I'm just, saying if, I'm just saying if the show went into a bar... It could get in now. It could get in. With its, with, with its own ID. With its own ID. Folks, uh, awesome. thank you for joining us once again for Help I Got a Mac. And we have what an awesome show tonight because a couple things are happening here. Number one, we turned 21, as Chris has said. Number two, we are not only streaming live on Ustream.tv, but we also want to say thank you to our friends over at TalkShoe.com who allow us to put on a live show and interact with you guys in a chat room, send it in to where you can call us by phone, all of these other wonderful things over at TalkShoe.com. You can even do your own show over there. And tonight, I am excited that not only do we have some Mac um, questions from our listening audience out there, but we also have, I have some new, new technology that we're going to use during the show. I posted a link to, uh, something that I have for my notes on help. I got a Mac tonight. And Chris, I hadn't even shared these two with you prior to, uh, tonight's, uh, conversation. So I apologize to throw this on, throw this at you last minute, but did you pull up the link that I, I sent in there? I did. Looks like you're using something called Evernote, which I guess is a web, a web, a web clipping program. I'm assuming, it, maybe, yes, it, maybe. it is exactly that. It is a web clipping program, and the nice thing is, is that not only will it keep all these things nice and organized on the web and in some clients. Let me go ahead. Can I tell you about it real quick, and then we'll get into the the heart and the meat of you the show. You can only tell me about it if you've got an invite for me. I have I'm an just- invite for you. Then then tell away, my friend. Okay, so here's the deal. Evernote, I heard about from our good friend Victor Kahiel from the Typical Mac User Podcast. I saw him Twitter about it the other day, and I'm like, hey, dude, I need an invite. And so I got in, and I got in touch with the owners or the the people who run this thing and told them Mm -hmm. how excited I was about it, and I have 50 invites. So... If anybody wants an invite, first of all, hear it out. Don't just send me an invite if you're not interested. Listen to about what it is. But if you are interested in getting an invite, uh, send me an email, cliff at gspn.tv, and I'll be happy to send you one. I will tell you that GSPE and uh, Plus members will get first dibs on those. I know we'll get a lot of feedback. I so. was just going to say you should do that. Yep. <laughs> so Plus members uh, will get first dibs, but if there are any left over, we will send them out to non-Plus members as well. Now, let me tell you about Evernote because this is exciting. And it is somewhat related to the Mac podcast because this is a piece of software that you can install on your Mac Mac computer. Now, uh, here's the here's the idea. You can take digital pictures and email them to your Evernote account. You can oh, cool. you can be browsing the internet and highlight a bunch of text, including images, and you can have a little um, bookmarklet button that says "Clipped Evernote." So you highlight something on a web page, including the picture, and you just click the click to Evernote, and it takes like a screen capture of what you've highlighted and posts it into your Evernote notebook. Now That's pretty cool. It, it's pretty cool, but get this. Okay, Chris, let's just say that um, I found a picture on Flickr of a good friend of mine, and this okay. picture is like really cool, and I saw it, and I, I, I sent it to my Evernote notebook, and it was about three months ago, and all I remember about that picture is he's standing in front of this pub down in Nashville, and I don't even remember the name of the pub, but the name of the pub was in was on the uh, on the sign on the window, and it said something somebody something pub. And my friend was standing in front of it. If I wanted to go a couple months later and search for that picture, all I would have to do is type in the word pub because 
Evernote will take images and no. do optical character recognition, and no. ser- it is searchable by the text in pictures. That is the most awesomest thing I've ever heard of, and you better send me an invite right now. I will send you an invite as soon as the <laughs> now, show is now over. It does like if you if you want the because um, it looks like it's got a, a clipper for the web browsers, Windows Mobile, which is pretty cool if you use Windows Mobile. Yep. Uh, for for Windows XP and Vista, and it looks like if you want to use it on the Mac, you need to use Leopard. Am I am I getting this right? Yes, if you it, yes, this is true. If you want to be able to use um, Evernote on the Mac, you have to have Leopard. So I don't have Leopard yet on my system, therefore I'm not able to use it yet. However, get this: okay. there's also a, an ex, uh, P, uh, PC version of this, so I do have it installed mm-hmm. on my PC. Here's the beautiful thing: the web client looks identical, identical to the desktop client, and the cool thing is, is that there's a synchronize button. So once you have it on your desktop, you can hit the button that says synchronize and it keeps everything all in sync for you. So it's stored locally on your hard drive if you want it. It's out on the web searchable from any browser. This thing is amazing. That is very, very cool. And the, That's the, awesome, man. It is. And so what I've done here tonight is I went browsing for some stuff that I would like to share. In fact, I went into my email inbox and I pulled out one email from a listener, Allison Lucan. She sent an email question. And rather than, than copy and paste it into our show notes, I went ahead and just highlighted it and said clip to Evernote. And, I pu- and then I went in and I was looking at MacRumors.com and I saw some neat story there and I highlighted it and clicked and clipped Evernote. And what I did is then I went into uh, I went into that notebook where everything was uh, stored and I said, hey, I want to publish this and make it available for the web. And so that's the link that I've posted for everybody here in the chat room. So they can see my notes as we can do this. Now, of course, people know, uh, now, I don't know if you know this, but we, we have been using um, uh, Google Documents for quite some time. And there's some collaborative efforts that have gone into that. And we can also publish that and make it available. But the ability, the only thing I'm not sure of yet, and I don't think that you and I can both can contribute to this same notebook unless I give you my username and password or unless maybe you and I both set up an account that we share, right. which might be something that we could do. Since I have an extra invite, we can uh, set up a separate account and you and I can post back and forth into this. This is what's nice about this is that pictures, it, it's effortless. You just go somewhere, you highlight it, you hit clip to note and boom, it's, it's automatically in that shared folder. You don't have to keep republishing or anything like that. Yeah. Well, man, I can't wait to try it. It, it looks like it's, uh, it's going to be awesome. Yeah, I, I can see some great potential even beyond what I've played around with so far. The only other thing I want to say about it, and then we'll move into the, the, to the meat of this show, is that it also has the ability to, um, you can access it via IMAP on your iPhone. That's sweet. Yeah. So if I'm not mistaken, if you have it set up via IMAP and you tell your your iPhone to download these image or, you know, these, uh, I guess they would consider each uh, item an email and it stores it on your hard drive on the hard drive of your iPhone. So it's almost as though the Evernote is a literal application on your iPhone. Oh, man, that's sweet. So anyway, I don't know how all of that works, but we'll figure it out. But it's brand new. I just heard about it this week. I'm pretty excited about it. So where do you want to begin? I have some stuff. You have some stuff. Where shall we start? Well, um, let's start with some viewer questions because those are always my favorite. Absolutely. So you want to start off with the phone calls? Absolutely. All right. Let's go to our first caller of the week. Hey, chaps. It's John Arnold here from photowalkthrough.com. Now, I'm not a Mac switcher per se, but I have just bought my first Mac and uh, I'm using it to do my video editing work. My show is a video podcast and uh, I was previously doing all my video work on the PC and I have to tell you that the Mac is so much better. All of the software I'm using on the Mac, it seems like it's a lot more mature and a lot more stable than the video editing software I had on the PC. So anyway, I'm continuing to use the PC for the rest of my work, but I am starting to love my Mac a little bit more than I expected. Anyway, so I have a question for you. Um, 
One of the things that the PC, I know how to do on a PC, and it's really easy, is remap network drives when I boot the computer up. I've got all these drives all over the office. I've got a Drobo on my main PC. I've got a, a free NAS in the corner. I've got a NAS light next to that. And I'm using, um, in one case, I'm using the Apple file sharing. In another case, I'm using NFS. In another case, I'm using SMB. I've got all these different ways of connecting these drives uh, to my Mac. And I've managed to successfully connect them all. But... When I reboot my Mac, all those connections go away and I have to reconnect them all again. So here's my question. How do I make those drives reconnect whenever I reboot my Mac? I'm loving the show. Thank you very much for all your help and I'll catch you later. All righty. Well, thanks for that question. Chris, do you have an answer for him? First off, I think it's really cool that Snape, call, Snape called in to uh, help I got a Mac. That guy sounds just like Alan Rickman. Okay. Anyway, with that, with that being said, yeah, there's actually a, a really easy way to do it. And uh, the, what you want to do, and I'm double-checking to make sure this is this, – yeah, that still works in, uh, in Leopard. You want to go into your system preferences. Okay. And go, into your, and go into your accounts. And when you go into your accounts, one of the uh, options there is, is something called login items. And what you want to do is the drives that are well, – once a drive is mapped or, or mounted on, on your computer, you see a little icon on your desktop, right? Yep. If you, if you drag that icon from your desktop into the login items window, those items will automatically open when you log in. So it will automatically mount those drives for you each time you log into your computer. So when you log in, it will put those back those little icons back on the desktop again. Yep. Okay. Now, another, another option to do if you don't want to map, you know, mount the drive right away is if you actually dra- drag the icons of the, the map drives into your dock, Okay. Whenever you click on them, it'll automatically map them each time. But if Ooh. you want to automate the process, you just go into your accounts, uh, go into the login items, and it'll automatically do it. I really like that idea. The, I like the idea of, of having them in the dock where it's not actually loading them automatically uh, because I sometimes will boot up a lot when I'm away from my own personal network. But, but uh, being able to just randomly have instant access by a click of a button in the dock really sounds uh, like a, a great way to do it. Yeah, that's the way I've got mine set up uh, for work because we use a lot of, uh, you know, we have a lot of file uh, shared drives and stuff like that at work. So I keep mine on my dock and it, it, it's never been a problem with me. So I, that's the way I do it. Excellent. Well, that sounds awesome. Uh, let's see here. Let's. I think he's got one more question he sent our way. So let's go ahead and check this one out. Hey, guys, it's okay. John Arnold here again from photowalkthrough.com. I'm getting my knickers in a right twist about burning backup data. <laughs> Can I just stop it? That is awesome. I love it when people come call from the UK and Australia. <laughs> Rewind that. I want to hear that again. That I, I will. Awesome. That is so awesome. And he says he's going to leave us lots of questions over the next few weeks. So we're very much Sweet. looking for John to call us back. So here we go. Hey, you guys. It's John Arnold here again from photowalkthrough.com. I'm getting my knickers in a right twist about burning backup DVDs. I've been producing my show um, in Final Cut Express, and I've got all these huge files, and I always like to back up all of my show files after I've finished producing a show. And I'm doing that to DVD, but I'm, I'm not understanding how to back up files to a DVD properly on the Mac, so maybe you can help. I find that if I put a blank DVD disc in... It pops up a window and says, would you like to open this in Finder? And I open it in Finder. I'm guessing that's the right thing to do. Um, And then I I can drag and drop files into the disk, but they get this little arrow on them, and I think that means that they're symbolic links rather than actual copies of the real files. So is that right? Should Should I be getting symbolic links on my disk rather than actual copies of the files? Or is it going to see the symbolic link when I come to do the burn and actually copy the file anyway? Or should I be holding down the option key and dragging the files in there? This is, this is confusing me. Maybe you can help. Thanks a lot. Okay. Now, Chris, before you give your expert advice, I just want to sure. take a stab and see if I'm right. But if I'm not Go mistaken, if you, dry, if you drag and drop things into the, that drive, it does give you a, a symbolic link. Uh, but at the point when you burn it is when it will actually say, okay... Now let's take all this data that you've dragged in here and let us burn it to this drive. And then it, it actually does the burn. Is that right? That is absolutely correct. Awesome. And you know, the thing is, is that um, even I think Windows XP started doing that quite some time back even. Yeah, it, it, the older versions of, of uh, OS X didn't do it. And I think they made the change during Tiger. And, uh, and, and then, of course, Leopard still has it that way too. But... Yeah, you just you just drag the files, and then you need to click burn, or 
you you drag uh, the DVD icon you know to the trash and it becomes the little radiation symbol and you burn from there. So yeah, he's he's doing it right. His uh, doesn't need to get his knickers in a twist. And no, uh, it, knickers yeah, in a right twist. That's right. Right. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not proper. But uh, yeah, just drag those files over to the dro- over to the little icon of, of the DVD or CD, and then either hit the little burn icon in the Finder window or just drag it to the trash to burn. Excellent. Hey, next we're going to go to an email that came in from Allison Lucan. She's one of our listeners and very active in our community here at gspn.tv. In fact, uh, Allison just won a free iPod shuffle for being a gspn.tv plus member. We do a drawing on the 15th of each month for a free iPod and she was the winner. So how awesome is that? I love the iPod shuffle. You know, I didn't... Fantastic. I had no clue that I would like it at all and because it just didn't seem right to have an iPod without a screen on it. But we, I ordered, a, I think I ordered five of them from the mm-hmm. Apple store for to give away as these prizes uh, for the drawings. And I opened one of them up and hooked it up. It's like, wow, this is neat. It really is. It, 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 it's not nearly as, as random as what I thought it would be. You can actually create a, uh, an order to the whole uh, playlist and everything. It, it's really cool. Oh, it's awesome. I, I love it because uh, I gave my wife, after I got my uh, my iPhone, I gave my wife my 30 gig iPod because, you know, I didn't need to carry 53 iPods with me. And, um, you know, th- there's times where I don't want to use that, you know, if I'm, if I happen to go to the gym, which is kind of infrequent. But anyway, if I happen to go to the gym <laughs> or uh, I'm mowing the grass or something where, you know, I would be devastated if something happened to my iPod, you know, I'll whip out the shuffle, clip it on me, and it's no big deal. You know, if I lose it, I'm out, you know, what, 49 bucks now? I think they lowered the price to. Yeah, you can get a refurbished one for 39 It's a deal. It's yeah. If you've been waiting to get an iPod, get refurbished, which actually I think is a good segue into our question. Uh, well, the refurb. Well, let's uh, see here. Is that the question? Is that the right question? Is that the audio question? No, but okay. go ahead. I'll tell you <laughs> what. We we have a, a bunch of questions, but this one's not the refurb question. Okay. Okay. This is from Allison Lucan, and she says, "I'm loving the Mac. Let's see. I'm loving my MacBook, and I'm certainly drinking the Kool Aid as I now have Time Capsule as well. I've seen lots of comments lately of folks updating their er- airport software." As a fairly new Mac user and a person who knows merely the basics of networking, my question is this. Are Apple peripherals similar to Macs in that software updates will download automatically to keep them running at optimum performance? Or are there special steps that uh, that need to be taken uh, to keep such uh, things as the Apple TV or the time capsule up to date? If there are other things I need to do to ensure that my time capsule always has the most recent software, what are those things? Thanks for the show. I absolutely love it, Allison. That's a great question. Um, for things that have an interface that you can log into and use, like the Apple TV, software updates are going to come up on that. You know, when my when my Apple TV Take Two software came in, it said, "Hey, there's a software update. Do you want to update it?" And you know, I hit my remote and it did it. Uh, things like airport base stations, airport express base stations, and, and stuff, and the, which of uh, course is what's running the time capsule. Exactly, those I believe, and I know this happens for my express. Those are going to come via the software update, either on your Mac or on your PC. Right, and because because when you install, um, if, if you have a PC, I know I keep talking about PC, but if you have a PC, you install the airport utility software, which. The downloads uh, Apple update, which comes with you know iTunes and stuff like that. So so de- Apple devices, like network devices, are going to be through your software update. Right. So what'll happen is it, you'll get a little pop up window. It says we have some new uh, software updates. Uh, here here's a list of them. Do you want to download now? And you what you'll do is you'll download that. And the next time you go to load up something uh, and you have this stuff that's been downloaded, it'll say, hey, wait a second, you're about ready to use this. There's an update. Would you like me to go ahead and install it for you? So you're, you're, the answer to your question is yes. Uh, Apple TV, like Chris says, is it's going to happen automatically for you. You don't have to worry about anything. Your Mac, just like it does when it says, hey, we have a software update for your GarageBand or your iPhoto. It's very similar in that it will also say we have an update for your 
airport base station or your um, your what is it called time capsule uh, wireless router mm-hmm. and and it'll ask you if you want to update it you're gonna click yes and it'll automatically do it for you but but yes you're gonna be notified there are a lot of people however that that get preview they 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 do get out there and they get these things before they're officially released right now now speaking of time capsule uh, it, and it's in your notes here in, in your Evernote that uh, Time Machine does now work with an Airport Extreme USB drive. That's right. So if you have the Airport Extreme and you have a USB external drive, Time Machine will now support that. So if you have the Ex- Airport Extreme and you're thinking about getting a time capsule, you don't have to now. That is so cool because I did, I, I almost, because I, I know I'm going to upgrade to Leopard. And I I know that I would want to use Time Capsule, but I did not want to go out and buy a a wireless router that had a hard drive in it. I you know I, I always want my hard drive to be separate because I know hard drives are going to fail. They just ultimately they fail down the road, and I did not want to tie in my wireless router because I figured my wireless router hopefully will last longer than my hard drive. And right. and so I went ahead and got the Airport Extreme, and to learn now that I made the right decision in buying just the Airport Extreme that has the USB port on it, now I can get any, any hard drive and plug it in and start using the functionality of Leopard once I get it upgraded. Yep. That is awesome. Oh, absolutely. So the, I wonder now, because the thing, how much is the 500 gigabyte airport or the uh, time capsule i think it's 499 i could be wrong let me double check that real quick uh, so someone's saying 299 they're saying 299 in the room now it could be 499 for the terabyte then I'm yeah it might be 499 for the terabyte so so here's the question how much is a very inexpensive 500 gig external hard drive does anybody know that what, what what's the price they're saying about 100 bucks so yeah, 500 gig external. Yeah, you can get a, a 7200 16 meg buffer USB two for uh, 89 dollars, or I'm sorry, 98 dollars. 98, but so. see that is awesome. And of course, yeah. there are a lot of people who already have these airport extremes. And and I what I love about the fact that they made this available is that Apple isn't trying to to really rip every single extra penny out of its users. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, time capsule. Time capsule. I think I don't think it's. Uh, well, yeah, I, I understand that. But I, in the same token, I don't think time capsule is is overpriced either. No, and, no, no. Uh, it, and it's got quote unquote server grade hard drives, which just means that the hard drives are rated for for a longer runtime. Yeah. The the one thing what I'm saying though is that the to have the functionality prior to this update. One would think, okay, if I'm a Mac user and I really want to use the full capabilities of Time Capsule, I have this perfectly wonderful Airport Extreme router. You're telling mm-hmm. me I need to go and buy this extra piece of equipment? Well, I would have to say, on my experience on the PC side of things is, by all means, yes, you do. You throw away that perfectly wonderful, great working piece of hardware and go get the new one and pay us more money. Mac, on the other hand, what I'm saying in their credit is that they have said, okay, here is your existing, go ahead and and you can use this functionality. You do not need to buy, repurchase a whole nother uh, wireless router. I think that that's good customer service. Good, I, I think that's just good. Um, I, it's a good way to do business. Yeah, I well, you know, it, it, in the same token, Apple could have pulled, you know, what they did with the iPod Touch and said it's $20. Yeah, you they know. could have, and they didn't though. Yeah, so you know, good on them. Yes, that, yeah, that's all I'm saying. Chris, hello. Did you not hear Cliff just now trying <laughs> to give a praise to Apple, and you didn't even take it for what it was? I know. I was trying to turn it around, man. <laughs> all right. Um, let's see here. What else do we have here? We have. Um, let's move on to. We've got another phone call. Let's go ahead and do our phone call. Sounds good. Hi, Cliff. Hi, Chris. This is Alaska Brad calling in. Help. I got a Mac. Hey, uh, just listening to your most recent podcast regarding 802.11n routers. Uh, one thing I did want to preface, and you guys didn't touch on, but for the listeners that uh, may have existing laptops that do not 
currently have an N standard installed on it, that uh, the N router will only go as fast as the slowest, uh, whatever it's, what is it called? The, well, not router, but whatever computer is picking up. So, like, if Stephanie has a G, it's only going to get that fast. Your, you know, your end notebook will only pick up G as fast. So, like, Twit and uh, the Mac uh, Roundtable podcast, what they have done to circumvent that is dedicate a G system to, you know, the slower ones and then your end to those that are capable of handling the end uh, traffic. I hope I said that correctly, or maybe you guys can reiterate it for me. But, uh, yeah, that wasn't mentioned, so I thought I'd mention that, that, uh, you know, it's it's only going to go as fast as the slowest link on that uh, router. All right, take care. Bye. Okay, I have a, <laughs> I have a question because this kind of threw sure. me. I had heard things like that in the past, and I was told that that's not necessarily the case the way that I understood it. So here's what I originally understood. I understood that if you had an N router and you have all your computers on your network are running N capability, or N cards. So you're, you're running at the fastest N speed. Now, mm-hmm. as you know, the iPhone is a G um, it has wireless G, so still pretty fast, much faster than the old B. However, it's not as fast as the N transfer rates. So I was under the impression that on my N Apple Extreme, that if I turn on my iPhone and get on the network, that the the iPhone, because I have a G connected, will slow down traffic between my two N computers. Now, I've had a couple people confirm that that is the case, but I was told by somebody else, and I think it was Linksys, because I had I was I was working on the Linksys. They said no, as long you know, of course, you're only going to get G transfer from you know the G device. But if if the G is connected to the thing, the G is only going to get G speeds. But the two N wireless routing computers will travel at N speeds while the G is connected. Wrong. Okay. <laughs> so tell me what's wrong. The uh, when when you when you put a, a, a G or a B device, it'll slow down. Um, it'll slow the whole thing down to the lowest common denominator. Okay, so so the Linksys guy, not necessarily was in, was wrong. He just maybe didn't understand what I was asking. So so yeah, okay exactly. so 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 as soon as I turn my iPhone on, I slow down the transfer rate of my computer uh, that was transferring data at n speeds. Yep. That's crazy. Yeah, well, the the N and the G operate on two different frequencies. It's 2.4 and 5 gigahertz. So when you have to, it, it, in order for the uh, the router to talk, it's going to talk down to uh, the lowest you know, common denominator. I got you. Okay. Well, at least that matter is straightened out. And uh, Brad from Alaska, thank you for calling in. That's that. It, it's good to at least have the record set straight. Yeah. All righty. So that is the end of our phone calls. By the way, can we just mention our phone number is area code 859-795-4067. We need more phone calls. Folks, uh, even if you have not had, or even if you have had a Mac for quite some time, think back to when you first got your, your first Mac after switching over to uh, the Mac from the PC, we need to know what were those issues that you ran into. And maybe you can even, maybe you can self-diagnose. So maybe you can say, hey, when I first got a Mac, this was the hardest thing for me, and this is how I solved that issue. That would be excellent for us to know. Anything we can do to get more content from you guys, that's what this show's all about. These questions uh, need to come from you guys. We're here to answer them. We've got Chris, who used to be a uh, Mac genius, and he's got friends. He's still connected to to Uncle Steve through zero degrees of separation. <laughs> so uh, we would love more questions, and you can call those in at area code 859 795 4067 or like our friend John Arnold in the UK he uh, recorded recorded those as mp3 files and emailed them over to me at cliff at gspn.tv 
Chris, did you have anything on your thing, uh, on your list of uh, things for tonight's show before I go on to the next thing I have? No, go for it, man. It's all it's all you, Cliff. All right. Well, here's here's something that I have if, for those of you who are out there um, who are looking at the notes that we have on Evernote. I am going to ask you to go to this Exiotron mod book. And I heard somebody in our forum over at gspn.tv slash forum. They were asking if anybody's ever had any experience with a mod book. Now, uh, from what I understand, a mod book is an Apple branded product that's been modded and turned into something else. And it looks like this Axiotron mod book, it looks like it's been, it was a MacBook, but they took the display off and put a custom display on there and made it a, a like a tablet. Have you ever seen anything like this? Yeah, uh, they were actually, uh, they're, they're considered an, an authorized uh, Apple solution provider. And what that means is Apple's kind of giving them their blessing on them being able to take a MacBook, and what they do is they put a, a, a Wacom uh, screen, tablet screen on it. So if you're used to using you know, a Wacom or Wacom, whatever you want to call it, uh, tablet, this is going to be very similar in feel. So it has no keyboard. It's just a tablet. But you can always plug a, a USB keyboard into it. So it's, uh, it's pretty sweet. I wonder how much something like that is. I don't, did I keep It's going? not cheap. I'll it, tell you that right now. Oh, that's the other thing I love about this Evernote. Do you see, at, I just scrolled back up to the top. It says this was clipped from this site. And so you can, yeah. you guys can click on that and it will take us there. And so customizing your world and let's see if they have a price here. Um, I don't see the price, but anyway, it looks extremely interesting. Oh, here it is. Let's click order now and see how much one of these bad boys is. We will do it. Order it now from the U.S. And if it doesn't give me it right away, then $2,479. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Wonderful. Actually, they have <laughs> they ha- they do have one that's as low as $2,279, which how much is one of those Air- those MacBook Airs? Uh, about 1800 bucks. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what. If you compare a MacBook Air to this thing, I'd much prefer to have a Mac or uh, this ModBook than I would a MacBook Air. Yeah, the ModBook's pretty cool. Um, it, uh, yeah, it's, best I can say is it's neat. I don't know if I would ever buy one, but uh, it's cool. Well, let's just put it this way. If it, if it came down to it between a MacBook Air and a ModBook that, that's like this tablet, I would definitely go with this ModBook instead. Uh, it's yeah. got Leopard. It's got 2.1 gigahertz, Core 2 Duo. It's got Intel Graphics Media Accelerator. It's got built-in eyesight. It has Apple Remote. It's got wireless. Um, I'm looking here. Uh, it comes with 2 gig of RAM. Or no, it comes with 1 gig of RAM. Um, it comes with 120 gig hard drive. And I love the AnyView widescreen. So AnyView, I think that that means that it would flip around as a regular laptop screen. And possibly, There's no keyboard, though. There is no keyboard? It's like a tablet. It's it's exactly what it, it's a tablet. Okay. Very cool. I don't know. I, I think I'd like that more than, than that. But I wonder if, now, if it's tablet, does it have like an onboard screen um, keyboard? It'd have to, right? Yeah, it's believe it or not, um, Mac OS X has built-in, uh, you know, handwriting recognition software called Inkwell that was carried carried over from the old uh, Newton days. Is that right? Interesting. All right, well, let's go ahead and, uh, next to strange behavior. I've got strange behavior with my Airport Extreme. It says hi there. My old router just broke, so I bought a used Airport Extreme for forty euro. He says yes, I'm in Europe. On eBay, since my old MacBook Pro works with 801, well, let's just put G, I bought the old egg-shaped AirPort Extreme. Since mm-hmm. everything, uh, let's see, since setting everything up went fine and it's working without any problem, uh, but here's my situation. I have an old iBook I use as a media server, and it is connected to the Extreme via an Ethernet cable cable my wife owns a new macbook and i of course have my macbook pro all computers are 10 on 10.5 which i think is tiger right 
Or no. uh, yes, uh, Leopard. Leopard. Okay, so they're all on Leopard. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when I download a larger file from the iBook to the MacBook Pro, the connection slows down heavily. A 300 megabyte file normally only takes three minutes to download. When the transfer drops down to it, uh, it takes about an hour. Uh, this usually only happens when I'm sitting on the floor, and it's obvious that the connection is difficult. iStumbler shows, uh, still shows it at 54% on connectivity. However, I only got the, got, get this problem when I initiate the file transfer on my MacBook Pro. When I connect to the iBook with the share screen option and upload the, file, the same file in the same situation from the finder of the iBook to the MacBook Pro, everything is just fine. One might think it doesn't matter who started the transfer. Does anybody know anything about this? And that's from Rolf. Uh, wow, I don't. Um, he's totally thrown me off, to be quite completely honest with you. <laughs> Uh, so when he tra- when he initiates a file transfer from his MacBook Pro to from his iMac from his iBook, it takes a long time. But when he connects through the screen sharing, hmm, starting then, from the iBook to the MacBook Pro, it works at its normal speed. Man, that's weird. I don't know. That's something I'm honestly going to have to research. Yeah, the and, o- uh, the only thing is, it more. says when the tra- he says I only notice this when I initiate when he's sitting on the floor. Uh, when I'm sitting on the floor, and it's obvious the connection is difficult. I wonder if that has anything to do with anything, but he still shows a 54% connectivity. Um, Let's see here. So they're wondering if there's some kind of idling or anything like that's going on. Anyway, um, I'll tell you what. We'll just let that one go for the the forum. So if anybody's wanting to update on that, that, there is a forum link if you go to gspn.tv slash forum and go to the help i got a mac section look for the thread in there that says strange behavior with my airport extreme and chris if you find anything else or if anybody's listening to this and you have an answer for his for roth's question please post it as a response in there and let that yeah come, absolutely let that one go and and uh, or let that uh, conversation continue to go now, here's another question. It says, ready to pull the trigger, anyone got a refurb from Apple? And this is from Jay in our forum. He says, I'm ready to pull the trigger. However, I'm struggling with the price premium on iMacs over PCs. I know when you compare comparable machines, the cost is about the same. However, in the past, I usually buy the $600 to $1,000 PCs, not the super cheap e-machines, but the average price Dells, for example. Has anyone ever gone to the gone the refurb route through Apple? I'm just thinking that it might be the way I go. What do you think about that, Chris? Buy refurb, buy refurb, buy refurb. Do it, do it, do it. If you can get it, it's awesome. I bought, uh, I've bought um, refurb Apple TV. It was as good as the day I bought it. Uh, I've known people who have bought refurb computers, and they look awesome. They're flawless. They've got the same warranty from Apple. Uh, you can still get Apple Care on them. It, there is absolutely no reason not to get a refurb. The only differences between a refurb and buying one brand new at the store is that typically they're in kind of a plain-looking box. Uh, they're not in a fancy white box or black box, but they're in a normal brown box. I don't know why they do that, but you know, it's it's definitely with the way to go if you can do it. If you want to get an iPhone, if you want to get an iPod, uh, iMac, Mac Pro, MacBook Pro, MacBook, whatever, check the refurb store first. And the way you do that is you go to store.apple.com and you'll see a little sale tag. Generally on the left or right hand side of the screen. Click on that, and yeah, there's plenty of great deals there. Excellent. Uh, Michael King uh, in uh, the chat room here is requesting a talk, and he's usually got a lot of input to share in our shows. And Michael, you're unmuted. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, I'm answering that uh, the guy's question. I don't even hesitate. If I want to get a computer uh, at a reasonable rate, I'll get refurbished because I've got them before and never had a problem. Excellent. And are you able to buy the Apple Care when you buy a refurb? You get full Apple Care and everything. You still have the factory warranty, and you, you uh, factory. You know, though when you uh, when you order it, they ask you, do you want to add Apple Care to it? And a lot of, most times, I'll go ahead and click on it. 
Excellent. Thank you so much, Michael, for your feedback. Always, always appreciate Michael being in the room and uh, his expert Mac knowledge, knowing that he's been on the Mac ever since I think he came out of the womb, I, I believe. So I went ahead, clicked on the refurb store just to see what the prices are. And uh, for right now, you can get a refurbished 20-inch uh, iMac uh, for $1,000. It's a $200 difference in price. Wow. Um, you can get the new uh, refurbished iMac, you know, 2.4 gigahertz Intel Core 2 Duo, gig of RAM, 320 gig hard drive, for uh, $1,249. So yeah, so there are some some deals. Like if you want to get the previous generation, you can get it for like 1,100 bucks. Um, let's see what else here. Mac Mini for $649. Wow, you can't beat uh, that. Yeah, if you want to get it, let's see. The, the, wow, this is a really, really good deal. Let's say you wanted to get the uh, the old Airport Extreme card, like the one I've got. That it's eight hundred two dot eleven G. If you just have one, if you just have one computer at home, or like a, an Xbox or an Apple TV, something where you don't really need to get that N. Right now, you can get an, a refurbished Airport Extreme card. I'm sorry, card. My bad. For twenty nine dollars. So if you if you need a card. You know, my bad. I thought it was the Airport Extreme Base Station, but oh, okay. the card for twenty nine dollars. So yeah, you know, if mice are you know forty nine dollars. Um, refurbished Apple TV, uh, you can get one for under two hundred dollars. You can get it for one ninety nine. So Excellent. yeah, it's it's an awesome place. And I think you know, if you want to get iPods, it's it's really this is like kind of turning into an Apple Store commercial. But um, just looking real quick, you can get the uh, first. Listen to this. If you want to go one gigabyte. Nano, like the the previous generation, you know, the black or the white one, mm-hmm. you can get uh, the black one right now while supplies last for fifty nine dollars. And what is it that you can get for fifty nine? Uh, the original one gig Nano. Oh, really? For fifty nine dollars? Fifty nine bucks. Wow. All right, yeah. we got Dozer on the line. Dozer, go ahead. Yeah, I just wanted to just warn a little bit um, on the Mac Mini. It's since it's older and they sold it for more. If you look at the 599 Mac Mini that they're selling new now, it actually has better hardware and it's cheaper. Good call. So you got to look out for a little bit. Absolutely. Very good point. Very good point. So um, anyway, yeah, definitely shop around and, and, do, and do your, do your investigative investigation there. But it sounds to me like the, that if you are able to get a refurbished product, uh, that you can save some money there. It's very possible, and that you get the same kind of warranty and Apple Care availability. The other thing that you can do for those of you who are out there who are thinking about pulling that trigger, the question is: Is do you know somebody that's a full-time student? Because they have some amazing discounts for students, um, mm-hmm. especially in the area of software. But absolutely, you can uh, get uh, some wonderful deals through the the student discounts and of course you can yeah, when, go ahead well i was going to tell you uh if you th- if you're thinking about it getting apple care by all means definitely get it with the education discount now you're gonna have to show you know a student id and stuff like that i'm not telling anybody to you know to lie and say you're not a student but um when i worked at apple the uh the price for like a macbook pro um Apple Care was actually cheaper for students than it was cheaper than than I could get it as an employee of Apple. So the 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 deals are just insane. Very cool. One last uh story that I have in my Evernote system here, Chris, uh would be and it is Adobe bringing Flash to the iPhone. iPhone. This is coming from Mac Rumors. And when I click on the story, it says um, Adobe made comments today that will that they will be delivering a Flash client for the iPhone, according to Adobe's chief executive Shantu Narayan. Uh, Adobe has downloaded the iPhone SDK and is planning on building a Flash player for the iPhone and distributing it via Apple's iTunes App Store. We believe yeah. fl- what. No, well, I have to kind of stop you. A few days later, they turned around and said, uh, "Well, maybe we're not going to do that." Really? Yeah. The the reason is is there's a couple reasons. First off, the SDK uh, is built in such a way that no that an, an application can't run like more than one application can't run at a time. Yes, so I did hear Safari, about that. Nothing else can work but but Safari. Right. And um, so it's it's kind of against the 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 EULA. For them to 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 do like a runtime type thing, 
So I think what's going to have to happen is Apple's going to have to really work with Adobe and just kind of bake it into the operating system, which I don't honestly see any time happening. They really want to kind of set standards. And really, is, while, while uh, Flash is kind of a de facto standard, it's not really a standard. You know, it's still owned by a company that's proprietary. Um, and you know, if Apple's going to push anything, it's going to be their own stuff, which is QuickTime. Right. This is true. Or JavaScript. You, know, you can do a lot with JavaScript. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, I, at least it sounded interesting when I was going around looking for stories. But you're right. I, I, I do recall hearing that that it, you know that these applications that come in from the Apple Store or the App Store will only be able to run one at a time. So that makes sense that if this is an application using the SDK, that obviously when you're browsing the web, it's not going to be able. The only yeah, it it, would, it just wouldn't work to pull things up in the browser. And, you know, although like, here's here's the one thing, though, OK, J- just here, here one second, because if you do, if I go and click on a link that somebody has for a YouTube video, what it does is um, it shuts down. You know, of course, it closes out of the browser and it does open up that YouTube video in the YouTube application. Right. It, so I wonder if something like that would be possible. Uh, I don't know. I think it, it, I think when it opens it in YouTube application, it's it's quitting Safari. Yes, it is. So, That's what I'm saying. So I, well, then they would have to open up some kind of special Flash player. Then yeah. you know that would be a separate app. I mean, I guess I could see that happening, but you know, Steve has said it's it's not going to happen, not coming anytime soon. Now there's a little asterisk next to that because he also said we're not coming out with a cell phone. The iPod won't be playing video. You know, there's not going to be rentals. So he has a tendency of saying, "No, it's never ever happening," and and then you know, at the next MacWorld, saying, "This is the greatest thing in the world." So <laughs> take it with a grain of salt. You know, money talks. So if if Adobe's willing to, you know, shovel some money into the big Apple machine, I'm sure I'm sure we'll see it. Up right there. now, uh, Pups Pals in our chat room is saying, "Now wait a second, isn't YouTube Flash?" And uh, the the truth is, is that if you go to YouTube and you watch it, it is on on the browser. You're watching it via Flash. However, what YouTube does uh, for the client, I think they convert it to some other format for the iPhone. They convert to H two dot six four. Okay, and so I have noticed that sometimes I'll click on a link for something in that's in YouTube, and it'll say, "I'm sorry, an iTunes version." I I'm sorry, an iPhone version of this video is not yet available and mm-hmm. i've i've noticed that i'll upload a video it's on i it's on youtube and, but it won't play on my iphone right away but you know a day or two later all of a sudden i click on it and sure enough it's available on the youtube application on my iphone yeah so anyway yeah and so uh Puff's pal says so why don't they do the same thing for other flash that's available well the, i think the thing is is that it's whether or not the people who are using flash if they'll re-encode their flash in h.264 and then of course whether or not um the the iphone will be able to play it there's got to be some kind of player which in the case of youtube they've created a youtube player application for the iphone and so that's what i'm saying is that maybe some of this might be possible yeah anyway (laughs) it's it's, the thing is is they came so darn close to giving us everything we wanted with the iphone and and to sit there and think ah just this one or two things that just are so frustrating not to have but you're right i mean flash is not a standard although it is so commonly used that it's just silly. I mean, who doesn't have a, a you know, 15 or 20 web pages you visit every day that has flash on it? Oh, I agree. Well, here, you know, and then and then the off the thought is also, you know, we got Silverlight now too. You know, and it, that's I, I think that's going to make some headway here in the next few few months cuz it's not flash. It's more like Adobe Air where it's a it's a it's a web app platform, you know. That's going to be on Nokia phones now and also on all Windows mobile devices. Are we going to see that on the iPhone anytime soon? Right. All right. Well, folks, that is our show for this week. We want to say thank you very much for uh, joining us live, especially to all of you in the chat room. We're now at 65 viewers out there on Ustream.tv. Thank you for joining us. You Again, we want to tell you right now, next week's show is completely 
100% dependent upon you and your calls. So give us a call right now, area code 859-795-4067. We need your questions. And the earlier you can get them in, the better. That gives uh, Chris the time to go out and research all those answers. And I tell you, Chris does this for the pure love and enjoyment of helping people understand how to use the Mac better. And uh, that that's really all he gets out of it. And so uh, please give him some work to do. Let him help you out. Let him help out your neighbor who just got the Mac. Tell some people about us. And, and it's real simple to tell them how to get to us. Uh, of course, you can find us at gspn.tv and you click on Help I Got a Mac in the list of shows. But if you mm-hmm. want to just tell somebody how to get to us, tell them to go to helpigotamac.com. Helpigotamac.com. And it will take them to that section of our site. And um, we'll pick up some new listeners. And, of course, everything we do here is made possible now as a as the generous support of those who are gspn.tv slash plus members. If you go to gspn.tv slash plus, you can learn about what plus membership is and what the extra benefits will be. Uh, we're very excited about the fact that many people have signed up already and looking forward to more. And, again, if you want your invitation to the Evernote application that I've uh, showcased here tonight and we talked a little bit about, uh, send your email to cliff at gspn.tv and make sure to put in the subject line Evernote invitation and I'll try to get those out to you as quickly as possible. Chris, do you have anything else you wanted to share before we go? No, man. Just have a good night, brother, and everybody else, thank you very much. When's that Mac Genie application Uh. coming out or uh, podcast coming out? I don't even want to talk about it. All right. <laughs> we'll talk about that another time. Folks, thank you for joining us. We'll be back next Monday evening. You can join us live at gspn.tv slash live. Monday evening, 7 p.m. Eastern time. Until then, have a good one. Yes. <laughs>